Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the People Project Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Alexander, and each week I will be bringing you episodes on different topics that affect us all in different ways, internally, externally, or sometimes both. I created this podcast to talk about people because everyone has a story worthy of being told. Last week, it was just me, um, and we talked about um, self-worth and confidence and and all that good stuff, and this week, um, our episode will be on family, family dynamics, Um, does your family make who you are? That kind of that kind of thing, and I'm joined by my friend Dylan Grimm, um, and we get into so much good stuff. So really, I'm just gonna dive right into it. So here's my interview with him. All right, and now I am joined by the one and only Dylan Grimm. <laughs> hey, how's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> okay, Jake Ingle. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to pull a card from the master himself of podcasts. <laughs> oh man! Well, thank you very much for sitting down with me virtually. Um, I know we've been talking about doing this episode for a long time, so I'm glad that we could we could make it happen. Yeah, I'm excited, and I've had a lot of things change in regards to my family life yeah. since we first talked about it. So I think. I think it's good that we waited like in hindsight yeah. because things have changed. So Yeah, it was just it was meant to to happen this way. Um Exactly. So for those of you that have been listening for a while, you heard Graham on the Unpopular Opinions podcast. Um the king of unpopular opinions over here. I'm popular myself, but my opinions themselves are unpopular. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and so you were on that episode and you've been a huge part of this podcast, honestly, since the beginning, like you're, you've been my like number one, like, like biggest supporter. You were one of the first people that I interviewed. You were the first person that I actually like video interviewed about the people project project and asked all the questions and stuff like that too. Um, which kind of is then what led me to wanting to do the podcast. Cause I was like, that was cool. So so I'm I appreciate honest. all of your help and, um, you know, every week you giving me constructive criticism and submitting questions and stuff. So everyone, this podcast truly would probably not be happening or have happened without Dylan Grimm. So you have him to thank. Man, if you guys can see the smile on my face right now, that was a great compliment. I appreciate it. That You're felt welcome. rehearsed, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it was not rehearsed, I promise. It's not written down anywhere. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I guess if you want to get started, um, you can kind of tell everybody, you know, who you are, where you're from, um, to quote the Backstreet Boys, and um, kind of, you know, like why this topic interest, interested you. Um, and I've got some questions that people submitted that I'll kind of tie in as we go. Alrighty. Um, so yeah, like Kelsey mentioned, my name is Dylan Grimm. Uh, most people know me as just Grimm. Um, so I am 27, born and raised in South Florida. Um, I have two parents. Well, I had two parents. I have one parent now. Um, for a little bit, I had no parents. Uh, we'll get into that later. Um, but I, um, I was interested in this topic in particular just because I feel like my upbringing is pretty unique from like everyone I know Mm -hmm. Um, and not to be like oh have pity on me or anything but I just feel like I've dealt with a lot um, Mm -hmm. especially very early in life that a lot of people don't ever experience in life and it made me who I am today and so 
in a way I'm grateful for all those like yeah. trials and tribulations and everything. Um, but I, uh, I also used to really struggle to talk about my family and really like, it's, it's what makes me who I am. Right. Yeah. I mean, a it's a part of, of your story defines us. Yeah. So, um, for a long time, I didn't share that story with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like even my best friends had absolutely no clue what was going on at home. Yeah. They just saw me at school. I was the funny kid, you know, yeah. you know, smiling, making people laugh. Like, I, it, you would probably have guessed that I had the most amazing life in the world yeah. at home, but it was honestly but that was just covering like a, a lot of shit. Yeah. And it really made me an angry person and it, yeah. it like manifested and became just this like really bad mm-hmm. negative thing um, because I never owned it. I never yeah. talked about it. I just tried to act like it never existed. So mm-hmm. that's why I was interested to do this episode. Yeah. And, um, I'm interested to get into that and, you know, more. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, that's a big lesson for a lot of people. I mean, myself included, like, I mean, if you don't deal with your shit, like if you don't talk about it, if you just act like, oh, everything's fine, it's going to come up eventually. Um, and yeah. it's probably going to be really ugly when it does. Um, but I think I think it's really cool to see, you know, just even over, you know, the last, I don't know, what is it, year and a half or so, maybe, no, longer than that, I guess. It's longer than that now, um, yeah. Uh, so I guess the last couple of years that we've known each other, um, just like how things have changed for you and how you've grown and like just like the the seasons that I've seen you go through and like seeing where you are now and like you just are like effortlessly enjoying life it's not like you have to like tell yourself that life is good you know what I mean like you're just you're like you're vibing you're living the dream it's great you know and obviously like I'm sure you have bad days just like everybody else does right you know like sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and shit happens but um so I guess if you kind of want to give us a little bit of a background, um, you know, what was your, what was life like growing up for you? Like, you know, um, how many siblings, kind of that yeah. kind of stuff. Okay. So um, I have an older sister. She's about three and a half years older. And I would say for most of my childhood, or maybe it was around like 16 or 17 when I started to get along with her more probably 17 18 Mm -hmm. prior to that though like we hated being around each other like classic sibling rivalry just never got along always butted heads I was the annoying kid brother um and um, did you play into that role yeah for sure like I I, I wore the annoying kid brother title like proudly yeah uh, that doesn't surprise me (laughs) yeah it shouldn't surprise anyone that knows me so um my parents uh, my mom was born and raised in Long Island, uh, New York, moved to South Florida when she was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't want to come here. She was not happy about that. Like most 14 <laughs> year olds wouldn't be. Right. Um, and so uh, my dad was born and raised in South Florida. And um, when my mom moved down here at 14, she was not doing well, like socially and fitting in. And she mm-hmm. was just never really a leader, more of a follower, um, yeah. still kind of is. And Um, it led her into addiction at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And so she was in rehab by the time she was 16. Mm -hmm. And that's where she met my dad, who was there as well. So not a great place to meet the love of your life. (laughs) Um, Typically, two addicts don't pair well. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had met there. um, They were friends. And then like years later, reconnected through mutual friends and hit it off. 
ended up getting married um, in their mid twenties, had my sister at like kind of 27 mm -hmm. and had me at like 30. Mm -hmm. And at this point they both were living clean lives, mm -hmm. had a very successful business, like very successful business. Yeah. Um, and were, you know, great citizens, great mm -hmm. people, great parents. Um, and then around the age of like four years old is where kind of my memories start yeah. um, with everything. And unfortunately, most of my memories from that young are negative. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because those are the ones that kind of scar us the most. Right, for sure. And so, yeah. they're, so they're so memorable. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say kind of my earliest memory at four was going to like the grocery store around the corner with my dad and him just, I used to call it... Um, he would be out of it. I would just say like, mm -hmm. Oh, dad's out of it. Yeah. And I could tell at the age of four, like he was not capable to drive this vehicle, but he was going to try. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just riding shotgun in the truck. We're probably realistically only going like a mile and a half. Yeah. And so I was just leaned over as a four-year-old with one hand trying to steer the wheel mm -hmm. while my dad's like half awake in the truck. Um, and then I remembered we go inside and then shortly after there was a knock on the door and it was a police officer and he was like, Hey, I followed, you know, this truck mm -hmm. home. I saw it was swerving. I saw there was a kid in the car. I didn't want to pull him over and have to take the kid away and all this right, stuff. Yeah. Make it like a whole home. Thing. Yeah. And I remember my mom like talking to the officer and lying for me, like, no, he's sick. He just wasn't feeling well and he's throwing up. And I remember hearing this, like, as and, a like, kid, knowing that, that it's going to get arrested, right. mm -hmm. but I knew it wasn't right. Like I knew he wasn't sick. I knew something was off. Right. At four, and at four years old. At four, yeah. yeah. And Damn. and it wasn't like it was an everyday thing. Like my dad was very yeah. functional in that he ran a multi-million dollar business that he and my mom built during mm -hmm. the day. But at night, since he was doing all that physical manual mm -hmm. labor during the day with the job, he was taking painkillers. Mm. And very quickly, that turned into an addiction. Yeah. And then we ultimately ended up, fast forward a few years, we lose the business. Mm. So we lose the business. Now we're losing the house. And in this whole time, my mom is clean. My dad's the only one struggling. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my grandparents on my mom's side didn't like my dad from the jump because of the addiction issues. They didn't think it was a good pairing. Mm -hmm. And because he's not Jewish, um, he was the first person that would be in the family that wasn't 100% Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah. And so my grandparents were like not fond of that at all. They wanted yeah. to keep the bloodline in their eyes, right. pure Jewish. That's what right. they wanted to keep it. Um, is, so, this, is this yeah. the grandma that lives near you that you help take care of? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's my cool. grandma, Janet. So, okay. and it was more so my grandfather, like mm -hmm. my grandma wasn't super pumped about it, but right. it was my grandfather more so. Yeah. So like we never had a normal family dynamic where like mm -hmm. we came over as a whole family to that yeah. grandparents house because mm -hmm. my dad was never welcome. Okay. So from a young kid, I'm also seeing like, why can my dad not come here? Right. You're seeing this here. like disjointed response. Yeah. yeah. Not a normal family structure right. at all. And then on top of that, my grandparents were just very cold and mm -hmm. not like, it was like, don't touch this. Don't go in that room. Yeah. Don't do this. And it's like, you're seeing kids. like, you're seeing your friend's family dynamics and then you're seeing yours and like exactly. comparing, contrasting. And you're like, hold on. Why is mine not like yeah, that? Yeah, because I would, I would sleep over at friends' houses yeah. and I'd be like, oh, we're, we're going to barbecue and we're going to do a bonfire and do s'mores and we're going to play games. And I'm like, you're like, this is what? amazing. People do like, this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? You know, yeah. this is crazy. And so um, 
now fast forward to probably like seven years old. Uh, we lost the house. We lost the business. My dad was um, in a halfway house, mm-hmm. um, which was like probably an hour and a half north of us. So I only got to see him maybe like once a month. Um, okay. But oddly enough, I vividly remember that place hmm. um, and like the people there and everything, yeah. just because despite my dad's addiction, he was like Superman to me. He was still the most important person he in the world. He was your dad. Yeah. Exactly. So that doesn't like no matter like that just I mean that's not going to change especially for like a little boy you know like he's your dad like that's who you're going to look up to. Yeah. So even at you know from the age of four and now at this point seven eight mm-hmm. having seen all these things and me knowing that something is wrong with him yeah I still was like I I don't care I want to be with him this is just yeah my favorite person right um so my mom my sister and myself moved into my grandparents two bedroom apartment with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so my mom slept on the couch and my sister and I shared one of those, they called a trundle bed, maybe where uh like one pulls out from under. Uh And so my sister and I shared that for probably a year and a half. Um, I had switched schools already at this point. So I was in my second school now within Mm -hmm. second grade. Um, and then my dad was clean, got out of the halfway house. Um, my mom was ready to give him another chance. And so we moved to a new city still within the same County. Um, but moved to a new place. My sister and I are still sharing a room, but it's our place now. So it feels yeah. like, okay, we're finally getting to some normalcy, right. like making friends in the neighborhood. I'm fitting in well at school. Um, this was now my third school within the second mm-hmm. grade year. Um, and uh, it was just, it was still a stressful time, but it felt like we were getting to some normalcy. Mm-hmm. And then my dad got laid off mm-hmm. and then my mom broke her back. And then there was, pain pills in the house again and so my dad got into that addiction again yeah and before you know it we lost the car we lost the apartment yeah and we're back in with grandma dad's not welcome again um yeah. at this point my dad started living um in storage facilities hmm. uh, he would like wire in electricity so he could have like a little ac thing in there and yeah. he'd have tv and i would go stay with him for like a few hours yeah. and hang out literally in a storage unit i'm hanging yeah. out with my dad yeah and as a kid i knew i knew this wasn't normal i yeah. but, but i didn't care dad. it was bad yeah and and so i just always from a young age i just didn't have a normal family dynamic at all you know my grandparents on my mom's side didn't like my dad and i felt like they kind of looked at us because we weren't full jewish kids and we were mike's yeah. kids and you know on my dad's side he had a lot of issues with his brothers, um, with their own addictions and their own marriage issues and, you know, business things. And they would, I would literally see my dad fist fight my uncles. Hmm. Like they would literally like his brothers. Yeah. Like, and this is stuff I'm seeing as a kid. So this family dynamic was just really screwed up um, very early and often. And it just wasn't, I just always knew things weren't there. But like I said, I just always would go to school, smile on my face. Mm -hmm. No one's going to know. Everyone's going to think yeah. everything's fine. And things were pretty good for years. I mean, my dad had his addiction forever. It never left him until he died. I mean, he died with it. Um, and so I would go to my dad's on weekends. He was mm-hmm. living at a warehouse that my uncle owned. They had a, uh, my dad was working for my uncle. Half of it was like apartments and the other half was a warehouse. Mm-hmm. So my dad would live there and I'd go there every weekend. Um, and my dad and I's thing was we'd go to Walmart. Um, and he would steal stuff for us, mm. um, car, sports cards, candy, mm-hmm. movies, and it was just normal. It was just a normal yeah. thing. Okay. We're going to Walmart. Dad's going to steal a bunch of stuff and we're going to go home and, 
this is yeah. this is what we do. And yeah. it was just that was that I mean that was normal to you. That was did. that was your life. Yeah. That was all I mean, you didn't know any different. Yeah. And and all the time throughout this whole time, once again, steering the wheel when he can't, you know, lying for him when a cop would come to the warehouse and I same line my mom used years before when I was four. Yeah. You know, oh he's just not feeling good. And yeah. so I was just used to lying from a young age mm-hmm. um, to just make sure people didn't, I didn't want to be looked at different because of my parents' actions. Yeah. Like I that you was still wanted fear. to be treated like look. Dylan Grimm. Yeah. I don't feel like, Oh, did you hear like his parents are drug addicts, you know, or like right. you can't hang out with him because this, mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't right. want that stigma around me. You didn't want um, that to be your story. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, fast forward now, this is like sixth grade. Um, my dad uh, was living with a friend and, and his wife. Um, was just living in one of their rooms, working for this business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't say he was clean, but he was as mm-hmm. clean as he had been in a while. Yeah. As in like he wasn't using a ton, but was still using. Right. Yeah. And um, at this point, my mom's been clean for like a good bit, like no issues with her at all. So it's just mm-hmm. my dad. And um, get a call one day and he's in jail. Uh, he mm-hmm. got pulled over after work for a busted taillight. He didn't have a license because of all his prior arrests and being right. pulled over while under the influence. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a warrant out for his arrest and he didn't even know it. Um, mm-hmm. And so he was arrested and he was probably going to have to serve a few years because he had so many strikes already against right, him yeah. that they were like, dude, you're not doing the classes. You're not doing this. You're right. not doing that. Like, you know, it's going to happen. Um, and then probably about four weeks into his stay, uh, he died of a heart attack. Oh, wow. Um, not, nothing like hereditary that like was in the family. Um, they said it was something that they said, okay, actually just my mom told me about this the other day. She was saying it was a blood clot that they said he probably had his whole life Mm. and it just finally made its way to his heart and broke off. Damn. And so that was that. Um, they had said, even if he was in the hospital, when it happened, he probably still would have died. Yeah. Um, so this is at 12 years old now, like Damn. my Superman just left me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's like, those are formidable world. years. Yeah. Not that, and really that's was. not to say that like, you know, anytime it's like, oh, it's cool. If your dad dies, <laughs> like, that's not what I mean. Yeah, but no, like, but it's, you know, that's formidable time. Yeah. That's, I was a boy who was in the process of becoming a man and I needed my dad there and he wasn't. And, you know, I lost my best friend, my dad, like, it really sucked. It was terrible. Um, But something kind of good that came out of this was Mm -hmm. at the funeral, um, a longtime family friend had come and he told my mom that uh, this upcoming weekend, I actually have a a trip, a canoe trip for um, kids Dylan's age, sixth grade through, I think it was like, senior year in high school Mm -hmm. and he was like you know we're taking these kids on this canoe trip it'll be kids his age I'll pay for it I think it'll be good to keep his mind off of things Mm. keep in mind the day after my dad died I had a birthday party also my mom didn't want to cancel it because she didn't want people to know what was going on and how it happened and where it happened so literally the day after my dad died I had a birthday party and I had to act like everything was fine which so, I feel like I feel like that was probably the story of your life is you're just used to acting like everything's fine when like everything's falling apart. You were just like, all right, got to just celebrate a birthday. It's going to be awesome. Yep. So like they're singing happy birthday and all this stuff and I got to make a wish and blow out the candles. And it's just right. like, I'm just thinking like, wow, my dad died yesterday. I'm never going to see him again. 
and it's like oh yeah smile blow out the candles like let's go play some games and it's just like you know it's it's terrible to have to do that but it like it just doing it so much for so long I just Mm -hmm. built this like hard exterior around me literally yeah like a cocoon it's just layer after layer after Mm -hmm. layer and it's like I'm not letting anything in because I'm not getting hurt yeah and I lived that my life like that for a long time well I'm not getting hurt I can't do it again yeah well, and it probably doesn't help. So for those of you that follow the Enneagram, uh, Dylan Grimm here is a type eight. What is that? The enforcer? Um, the challenger, I believe. Challenger? Yeah. And it, literally everything I read about a type eight, like half the time I send it to you and you're like, yeah. Yep, pretty accurate. <laughs> and, but I think that it's something to, to point out, you know, like a lot of people who are eights are like, I don't want to be an eight. Like they're the assholes. But like, you were like, all right, yeah, this is cool. Like you yeah, embraced an it. Asshole. And, <laughs> but, but so much about like the reason that like the challenger is the challenger is like, it comes from a place of trauma. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know a single type eight that hasn't had some sort of trauma in their life. Like bit, like big trauma, you know, not just like, you know, Oh, you know, like I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, which like, that's totally valid. But I mean, like, that's not like big major trauma, right? Yeah, there's um, different levels. There's right, different exactly. Levels and yeah, and everything affects people, you know, differently too. Um, and I think that, you know, on the Enneagram, it talks about, you know, like the healthy directions and the unhealthy. So like when an eight is healthy, they go towards a two, which is what I am, which it's funny because like, I think that's probably what, because when I'm unhealthy, I go towards an eight, which is like you. Yeah. And like, we've been friends through like healthy and unhealthy seasons, like with each other and like helped each other Absolutely. through so much of that. And yeah, for like, sure. and so I think it's, it's funny how that, you know, how that works. Um, But, but, you know, like to see you in this season of like growth and of, you know, like, like positivity, but like hearing about like, you know, where you are at this point, right? Like I can totally see these different places where you were like, I'm building these walls. I'm building this like shell around me. And like mm-hmm. this, just like a, a defense. So like no one, like no one can get in and no one can hurt you again. Yeah. Cause that's and all that's you had I known lived for a very long time. Yeah. Like it was just my, my biggest fear for a while was just, I don't want to feel that again yeah like why am I gonna get close to somebody if I could lose them again yeah exactly and so and and the thing is is the people that are close to me I cherish so much yeah like if you are in my inner circle like I will take a bullet for you without question yeah you know so when I do lose someone within that Mm -hmm. like inner circle it hurts so much because it takes so much to get to that point Mm -hmm. yeah so you don't give that um, away very easily yeah yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, it's a VIP club. You know? <laughs> it is. And so, you know, back to that trip, though, at the funeral, yeah. um, my mom was like, hey, I think you should go on this trip. Um, I think it would just be good for you to keep your mind off of things. Um, so, you know, just, just go on it. And if you don't have fun, it's only two and a half days. You'll be back before you know it. Right, yeah. And I went and I had a good time. Yeah. But I didn't think like much of it. It was a youth group event, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like It wasn't like, like super event. churchy. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, I had been to church maybe twice in my life yeah. at that point, growing up in a half Christian, half Jewish family. Yeah. We never really pushed any one thing. Yeah. And so, um, my mom's good friend who was the sister-in-law of the youth pastor who paid for me to go on the trip. 
uh, had come over like a month later and was just hanging out with my mom and everything. And she was like, hey, how's youth group? And I was like, I've never been. I don't know. <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, it starts in an hour. So get ready and I'll take you. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to go. You know, yeah. it's, it's a school night. I don't right. <laughs> Finding like and every excuse you could. Yeah. And she was like, shut up. You're going. And if you don't <laughs> like it, I'll never make you go again. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And right. within, like go once and it's fine. Yeah. And so like within two minutes, I had people like coming up to me, offering me Starburst. People asking me to play basketball, <laughs> like all this stuff. And I was like, these are some really nice people. Yeah. Like, and long story short, the people there are mm -hmm. my best friends to this day. If I got married, four or five of those guys are going to be standing next to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I did find religion in those years throughout youth group, not quickly, but in my own time, yeah. slowly. Um, and I don't want to necessarily push religion on anybody right, or anything. Yeah. You know, everyone has their own beliefs, but yeah. it helped me get through life quite a bit. Right. Um, going to church and going to youth group. So mm -hmm. even that my was, grandma, that was the path for you that was like, that yeah, worked. Exactly. So even my grandma, Janet, who's a hundred percent Ashkenazi Jewish and cares about that, who had a problem with my dad, not being Jewish. Mm -hmm. You know, she stands up for me to her friends oh, that say, yeah. well, isn't it upsetting that your grandson goes to church? And she's like, it, it keeps him level headed. It helps him get through life. You know, why would I be mad right. at that? Yeah. And so, you know, I haven't been to church in years just because of some bad things that yeah. happened to me and the congregation at the last one mm -hmm. that kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth. But I still have my, you know, my own faith and, and religion, but it really helped me get through that period of losing right. my dad. Yeah. Um, and it helped me get around to a point of realizing that my dad passing mm -hmm. was, I wrote a paper freshman year of college and I said it was the best and worst thing that ever happened mm -hmm. in my life was the same thing. Saying that, you know, my dad was big in drugs and, you know, he worked hard, but he didn't have ambition to like save and retire right, and all yeah. this stuff. It was always living the moment and never mm -hmm. really planning and, and being able to buckle down. Yeah. And so for me, it was just like, I, I want to be able to change that. Like, I don't want to be that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want motivation. Like I want to go to college. I want to do things. I was worried that if he had stayed alive, I would have never been invited to that trip because there was never mm -hmm. that funeral. And wow. I would have never found God. I would have never found my religion that helped me get through the hardest times mm -hmm. of my life. I wouldn't have these friends that are my best friends to this yeah. day. 15 years later, like mm -hmm. people that are family to me. And I wouldn't have been at my college, Anderson University in small town, Indiana. And I wouldn't have made the friends there that I did. Like everything right. that happened in life happened for a reason. And it all happened after he passed away. It, to me, it was almost mm -hmm. like with dad and after dad yeah. was like my life. And yeah. they really are two different stories. And mm -hmm. I was forced to grow up way earlier right. than I needed to. And I didn't really have a childhood. And I was just so grateful and thankful to be where I was when I wrote that paper mm -hmm. to be like, I'm a grim sitting in a college class right now, yeah. like with academic scholarships, like yeah. this is stuff that we don't do and I'm doing it. Yeah. And I, you know, I always heard from family, like, you can't go there. It's going to be too expensive. You can't do this. And it was just like, you said, even, my own family, even my own family was pulling me down. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, when I left for college, I went with my best friend to college. And I luckily mm -hmm. 
am very close with his family. Shout out to the Bernards if you're listening. <laughs> Love you guys. And they treated me like one of their own. And they helped me get set up in college. And they took me up there and they would mm-hmm. send me care packages and mm-hmm. they would make sure I was okay. And, you know, so without that, like I, I, I had family kind of step in when my family wasn't there and I was grateful mm-hmm. for that, but it still hurt to not have my mom drop me off at college and right. tell me how proud she is. And when it's family weekend, I don't have anybody coming. Right. And when it's siblings weekend, I, I don't have anybody there. And yeah. When it's graduate, I didn't even walk my own graduation because mm. nobody was going to come. Yeah. And so it was just like, for me, it was always like, damn, I really want family. Like, that's all I want is just yeah. a present family that cares and that loves. And, you know, I don't think that that, I think it's, I mean, it still hasn't happened, but I think it can happen one day for me. Yeah. But I don't think it ever, like, I think my situation personally, mm-hmm. I would be in a worse situation today if my dad had stayed alive. Hmm. And I genuinely think that as hard yeah. as it is to say, I just think with what he was involved in, in Do his you think, life, like, maybe habits, that would have like, you could have potentially gone down that path. He, he would have had no problem with me wanting to take painkillers mm-hmm. with them or like anything like he, he wouldn't have cared. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just because of who he was to me, mm-hmm. he could do no wrong that like, I probably would have followed in those same footsteps. Yeah. But seeing the way he died and Mm -hmm. where he died and my mom, unfortunately, picked up his addiction after my dad Mm -hmm. passed and to just see how it tore their lives apart, just two successful people, smart people. It was like, I never want to be that. And Mm -hmm. I know I'm a prime candidate for it because. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's both of my parents in your blood. Yeah. Yeah. Like shout out to fast food. That's my biggest addiction, (laughs) you know, but I'd rather be fast. Hey, but you know what? It could be worse. Yeah. You know? And so. There's nothing it's wrong just, with some chicken nuggets, okay? Yeah, shout out chicken nuggets. I had some for <laughs> lunch. You know, it's it's just there's there's just so much that has happened to me, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because then I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like some oh wow, you know what an amazing thing to say, and you're so perfect. Like it took me a long time to even get to that point. Yeah. Like like if, to be thankful for it. Yeah. And if you had told me seven years, six, seven years ago, like you'll be on a podcast that'll just be put out for anyone to listen to. And you're going to talk about your family and your struggles. Like I would be like, you're insane. (laughs) Nobody knew. Nobody knew at that point. Still nobody knew. And I think what really happened, like what really helped me is I got um, in trouble at school um, when I was uh, a junior. And so they were like, oh, we want you to do counseling, you know, private Christian college. If you get in trouble for partying, pretty standard routine. I was grateful to not be kicked out. So I had to go to weekly therapy and um, my therapist was a guy named Michael and shout out to Michael. He really helped me like peel back the layers of the cocoon and like own my shit Yeah, because I always hit it. Yeah. Like I always hit it. I was just like afraid to own up to why I am the way. And I didn't know why I was so angry. I didn't know, you know, like I always hid my emotions with comedy and being the funny guy and getting people to laugh. But a lot of times it was at someone else's expense, you know? And I realized that in a way, like I was taking out my struggles on other people and I didn't like that. I didn't like the way that I was, you didn't like being that that I thought I was being perceived. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't like the person that I was being. I didn't have 
you know, a ton of motivation for things. And I was just kind of like, you know, I don't have anybody that cares, even though I did. But to me, it was like, nobody cares. My family doesn't care. So why should I care? And, you know, luckily I had people in my corner that were like, if you drop out of college, we're going to kick your ass, like, (laughs) you know, all this stuff. And so, you know, I pushed through it and and one of a few grims that graduated and, but like that road still was not good. You know, that Mm -hmm. whole time, like I said, my mom picked up the addiction again after my dad died. So I was covering for my mom now, like I was covering for my dad from sixth grade until just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and then my senior year of high school, my mom invited in a, a boyfriend to live with us who also was a drug addict. Hmm. And so in those years, I had to deal with being put down emotionally and, you know, like you're, you're worthless and you're just your dad and your dad was a bad person yeah. and, and just all these things. And it was just like, even in my own home, I don't feel safe. I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. My mom is stealing my own money, mm. you know, so she can get drugs. Like I'm 16, 17, working yeah. two jobs and going to school, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I really was busting my butt and just going through all kinds of terrible things, yeah. but I was always able to put a smile on my face and yeah. you would never know what was going on at home. And I think that just built and manifested for years. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, it just blew up. And then yeah. I was, you know, smoking weed every day, not going to class at all. I didn't care about You just anything. didn't care because you were kind of like, didn't care. you got to the point that was, that you were just like, why, why should I? Like, what's exactly. the point? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, if no one else cares, mm-hmm. why should I? And I was never the type of person that was like, oh, nobody loves me. I'm going to take my own life. Like, that's never been a thought. Yeah. And I hope it's never a thought, you know, but I definitely had the question where it's like, if I died, would anybody really care? And like, yeah. that was something I asked myself a lot for a mm-hmm. long time because I didn't feel like anybody cared. And I would pour my heart out to like my mom, like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? Like, I just want my mom, like, stop doing it. Just be my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I lost my dad. I don't want to lose my mom. Exactly. And she couldn't. And so Mm. me being in college in Indiana and my mom being in South Florida, it was like every time I got a phone call from a number that like wasn't saved in my phone, Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be a call letting me know that, hey, we found your mother. She's over there. Because I have found her multiple times passed out. And I've had to carry her, you know, to the bed and check on her breathing every couple minutes for hours. And then she'll wake up and act like nothing happened. And so, you know, it was just years and years and years of being the parent to my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just, uh, it was brutal. But, it, you know, like I said, it made me who I am. And now I own that. I I share it. I tell people, you know, hopefully it can help them somehow. (laughs) you know, to not make the same mistakes my parents did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, I like who I am today. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world. And I know sharing the story, it's, it's all over the place. The timeline doesn't make sense, but it's. But like, it's not the I'm timeline going, that's important though. Yeah. It's just like sharing these experiences. And, and even to this day, like I just, we sent my cousin off to college, um, mm-hmm to the University of of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Um, She got like a full academic scholarship there. So super proud of her. And she is again, trying to change the grim narrative of we can be academics. You know, she was the salutatorian of her class with like a a 4.5 GPA or something crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like me, my cousin Kylie and my cousin Cody that are both younger Mm -hmm. than me, they're 25 and 18. We call ourselves the pinnacle. 
And <laughs> we've taken it upon ourselves that we need to change the grim name. And yeah. because right now it's a bunch of people that aren't accepting of others and are very negative and are very rude and mm-hmm. don't have a lot of ambition, not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. And so like, we take it upon ourselves that like, despite all of our parents' bullshit, mm-hmm. like we're taking over this thing. Like mm-hmm. we're yeah. going to be the like, good Like we're going to make it like, happen. Yeah. Like yeah. both of my uncles have been married and divorced twice. And it's like, yeah, it's it's not a it, it was their fault they ruined the yeah. relationships it you know it, it, divorce isn't the end of the world of course right as yeah. we know <laughs> right you know what I'm like it's not it's not always your fault right. but my uncles it was their fault yeah. both times and it was like they're not a good example of what it's like to be a father and to right. be a man and to yeah. be a husband and so it's like we never had these examples in front of us mm-hmm. so we took it upon ourselves to find them elsewhere And I have, you know, amazing people in my life that have stepped up at different chapters and times in my life to be a father, Mm -hmm. to be a mother, you know, an aunt, an uncle, whatever it is. And I wouldn't be here today without all those people. And, you know, I always say now that like my friends are my family because I hate when people are like, well, it's your family. Like you've, you've got to love them. You've got to give them another chance. Like you've just got to accept it. And it's like, no, you don't. I mean, you can love them, but you don't have to like them. Yeah, exactly. Like I love some of my cousins, but I don't like them at all. I don't right, want to be alone yeah. with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? I love you. I have love for you, but yeah. if you're negative mm-hmm. and you're negatively impacting me and I just don't like your vibes, like I'm just yeah. cutting you out of my life. I don't care who you, you are. You just can't. I mean, like, like looking at just what you've been through, you can't afford to go back to that spot. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what it is. And you know, like I was telling some of my family at that, that send off lunch for my cousin mm-hmm. the other day, I was like, you know, this isn't a normal family. Right. And right. they were like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I was like, the way we talk to each other, the way we treat each other, like, this is not normal. Like, yeah. if I, if I took my best friend's families and said, Hey, come to my house, I'm going to have my family. Mm-hmm. They would be so taken aback by you guys. Yeah. And they were like, they were like offended. And I was like, don't be offended. Like if you, you're the only one responsible yeah. for this, like, <laughs> you guys are just not great people. Right. Like, yeah. And you know, like I said, I'll, I'll see those people a couple times a year. I love them, but, right. but not it's not like you go of out of your life. way to like go hang out with them or anything. Yeah. Like yeah. outside of my couple cousins, like that's it really, mm-hmm. you know? So even if someone's family, like don't be afraid to cut people out of your life yeah. if they are negatively impacting your life. Like I cannot stress that. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause that like some of the questions that I got were actually related to that. Um, so, so a couple of them, they're kind of, they're two different questions, but they're kind of similar. So one says, how do you move on when you have to dump a toxic family member? Um, and the other one is what do you recommend for toxic family. So, um, I guess, I mean, for me, um, I mean, you know, just like every family, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's always those people, right. Um, there's always those situations, um, that maybe a person becomes toxic. Maybe it's, you know, a group of people that become toxic and it's really difficult because like you said, you know, you have this like, oh, but it's your family, right? So it's like for whatever reason, like, you know, if it's somebody that you're not related to, like by blood and they do something, it's like, oh, bye, you know, like, but yeah. if it's your fa- if it's your family, it's like you have to like make these like 
you have to like make these excuses for them and you shouldn't like, don't do yeah, that. You jump over hurdles yeah. to justify them mm-hmm. being them. And yeah. it's like, that's not okay. Right. And so I think for, you know, in toxic family situations, um, you know, if you can speak up for yourself, you know, like, I mean, I, listen, that's the hardest thing in the world for me to do. Um, but, but I'm a very good example of when you finally do it, it might really suck a lot, but you're going to come out better on the other end. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, like some, sometimes things are forged through fire, you know, and, um, and, you know, it's, it's worth the battle. Um, but that's again, don't hear me. Exactly. Don't hear me say like, Oh, it's going to be so great. And, you know, everything is wonderful. And, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world because that is a bold faced lie. (laughs) Cause it's not, it like shit's hard and it hurts and it's painful. Um, but at the end of the day, I said this in the last episode, at the end of the day, all you've got's you. Right. So like if you've got someone in your life, that's not, like, I'm not saying that people, everybody in your life has to benefit you. I don't mean it like that. But like, if you have someone in your life that's like bringing you down or that's like causing strife, then, you know, I think I I would say step one, you know, I think a lot of us over the last, you know, year and a half or so have had a lot of difficult conversations with a lot of different family members and how can we grow? How can we be better? How can we unlearn things? Right. And so I think it's important to have, have the conversation, right? If you, if you, there's just, something you don't agree with somebody about, have a conversation, you know? Um, but if it comes to the point where like, it's just not going anywhere, you're never going to change their mind. Like number one, don't go into a conversation trying to change somebody's mind, but like try to have an understanding with each other. And then maybe, I mean, you know, you could end up changing your mind. They could end up changing their mind, you know, but like, so have a conversation, talk, like try to talk it out, try to, you know, Hey, this is how I felt. This is, you know, this is, the way you, that you made me feel, this is the way this action mm-hmm. made me feel. Maybe they'll be super receptive to it, very apologetic, and, you know, things could completely change. But typically, this is somebody that, that you've had this issue with before. Um, so my advice is guard your heart, protect yourself. Um, but, you know, like, don't just cut somebody off without trying to have a conversation. Um, you know, like, I think that there's a lot of things in my life, <laughs> um, that, you know, I did choose to have conversations that were difficult and, um, the result of that was not what I expected it to be, but I'm so much better and stronger and happier for it. Um, and you know, if the result had been different, um, that would have been fine too. Um, but I know now this is exactly what was supposed to happen and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be. Um, and I've honestly never been happier with who I am and where I am, which is like really cool because yeah. I didn't think that I'd be here. Um, but that didn't it's come like without. It's like what I said in the moment, in the yeah. moment of the divorce, you're probably thinking like, this is the worst thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then fast forward a few months and you're like, yeah. this is the best thing that could have happened. Right. Just yeah. like when I wrote that paper of how exactly. my dad passing was the best and the worst thing. And it's like, yeah. it's hard, you know, in the moment, you're not going to see that really. Right. But when you take like a step back and you evaluate and you're like, wow, okay. Like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Like, if something is happening, like I, if there's a bad moment, a hard time, mm-hmm. you're down, you're upset. 
Like you can learn from every oh, yeah. fall There's down. There's a lesson you can in take everything. Something. Exactly. Even if it's something very small, like I went through a lot in life very young, but mm-hmm. I took something from each moment, each interaction right. every time to the point when I'm a certain, I'm in middle school and my maturity level to be able to see things and know what's going on mm-hmm. and to understand right. adult things was so much more advanced than the people around yeah. me. I always joke that like, oh, I'm like the guy from Psych, except I don't remember <laughs> random things like that. Like, I remember people and their body right, language. Yeah. And like, because like, I had to read drug addicts for so long. Like, mm-hmm. are they normal right now? Is this right. a normal state? And so like, I read people like, like so easily yeah. because of that. Oh, like, yeah. No, back, you've back called to, me like, out on so much of my yeah. shit. Like, you have seen me. And like, by the way, just so everyone knows, Dylan Graham and I have never like IRL met each other, right? Like, yeah. we just, like, I mean, we talk, I think, probably, what, every day? Um, and, just about. And, but, like, you've called me out on so much of my shit. <laughs> and, hey, we all like, need those people in life. Right, exactly. And I hate you for it sometimes, but I'm, at the end of the day, I'm always grateful for it. But, like, exactly. but, you, you know. You hate me in the moment, but at the end of the day, you're going to exactly, love me Exactly, whatever. <laughs> so, but in, in regards to the question with, like, yeah. cutting out a toxic family member, and I mentioned it earlier, like, I've told family members outright, if my interactions with you are more negative than they are positive, Mm -hmm. the amount of times we interact are going to continue to dwindle to the point of where we just won't interact anymore. And it's not because I don't love you. I will always have love for you, Mm -hmm. but I need positivity in my life. There's enough shit going on in the world. We don't need more shit from our family. You know, it should be positive things. And so you know, with dealing with my mom's addiction for so many years, because she picked it back up when I was about 12 mm-hmm. and um, ran that until within the last year. Mm-hmm. And um, it had gotten to a point where um, her boyfriend who had been living with us, he like keyed my car, tried mm-hmm. to fight me, all this stuff. And so I was like, dude, I don't need to fight you. I know lawyers, bro. Boom. Within a couple of days, I had a restraining order on him. Legally, he had to get out of our place. And he took a beautiful condo and just made it a straight up shithole mm-hmm. because it was like he had concrete blocks for hands and fists and it wasn't his place and he wasn't paying. So why did he care? So Right. Yeah. He wasn't worried about it. Exactly. So we finally get him out. Things are starting to get better. My mental health is a little better, but my mom is still involved with him. She's still seeing him. She's still doing drugs, like mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. And I was worried that like she would let him into the house when I'm not there mm-hmm. to like go through shit and like my stuff wouldn't be safe. So like I still didn't right. feel comfortable in my own home. Yeah. Um, and after a few months of like my mom would wake up at like three in the morning and she'd be like, I'm going to go for a walk as she's in her robe and flip flops. And I'm like, please, bitch, like you're about to walk around the corner so you can go get some go do some drugs with them. Yeah. You know, and it was like, like you're not one day, stupid. She was like, Exactly. I was like, mom, I've been doing this my whole life with you guys. Like my entire life. Right. Like I have like, been dealing with it. this. Don't play me for a fool. Right. I'm not. That's one thing I'm not. And it was just one of those things that it was like, she wouldn't, it wasn't like it, you can have your addiction. Everyone has problems. Nobody's perfect, mm-hmm. but don't look me in my eyes and tell me you don't have a problem. Right. I like, see own your shit. I'm living with it. Exactly. And so uh, my mom decided I'm going to move out. I'm going to go live with him because she was more committed to that lifestyle of drugs mm-hmm. than she was her own family. Damn. And we flat out and told so her, y'all... if you leave now, you can't come back. Yeah. So because y'all so, weren't going to go with her to live with him. No, no chance. <laughs> and so 
we stayed in, my sister and I stayed in the condo and uh, my mom and he were both gone doing whatever. And at this point, um, I would still talk to her on the phone every couple of days, like we'd text or whatever. And because when she wasn't high, she was still a good mom. Yeah, you know? it's your like mom, yeah. You could bounce things off of. So uh, one day I like get a call from my sister and she's like, I think mom wants to try to move back in, blah, blah, blah. And I was mm-hmm. like, literally no chance. Like my mental health improved <laughs> so much, right. so fast by just this kind of mm-hmm. behavior being out of my residence. Mm-hmm. And so I told my mom, I said, I love you. I want to continue to work on this relationship, but you cannot move back here under any circumstances. Yeah. The next morning I wake up to, well, what kind of son are you? And you're a terrible person. That and emotional abuse and manipulation. And like all this stuff, just trying to pull on all mm-hmm. the strings. And you, you blame me for your father's stuff. And I'm like, all, just all the, never yeah. owning her own problem. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just done. My mental health is improving without her here. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it improves without her at all block mm. blocked her number wow this is after i mean 24 years on yeah. and off of her addiction and me trying to help her this is yeah. don't act you know like don't think that like there no there's no, no like this there was is a lot long of tears, and hard and, a yeah. lot of effort a lot of a lot of time put into mm-hmm. this and so through all of this though it made my sister and i like as tight as can be like mm-hmm. that's that's my girl like i love her so much we <laughs> talked every day Y'all are super like she tight. lives she lives like a quarter mile away and we facetime every day or yeah. see each other every day like right. you know what i'm saying like she'll just call me like oh i'm on my way into work you know like we just chat about everything yeah it's your sister and so yeah. and like i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast we used to hate each other yeah i did not like each other at all so now like that's someone i would literally die for without hesitation yeah you know and so like that's something positive that came out of all this negative shit yeah so it's like, even in the midst of losing my mom and all this stuff, mm-hmm. my sister and I are tighter as can be, and I wouldn't trade that for anything, right. you know? So um, I didn't talk to my mom for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. She would just like text me randomly from a new number yeah. or just try to call me. And I would just be like, leave me alone, block. Because my life had been so much better without her. And it sucked. It wasn't easy. Yeah. Like, you know how many times yeah, I to call yeah. my mom? Yeah, right. you know, like when something awesome happens, you, you know, you're doing, you got a new job or you got a promotion, right. you know, like you hit a benchmark I'll call and tell your my life. Mom. Yeah, like, oh, I want to call my mom. And it was like, can't call her. And for me, it was, I didn't think she deserved a son. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had poured my heart and soul into trying to help her get clean. Yeah. I let her abuse me in all these ways. And I still was there for her and she still chose drugs. And I was like, you know what? If she's choosing that over me, I don't need her at all. Yeah. And so my punishment to her for the 24 years of all this shit was you don't get me now. Mm. I'm alive. You know I'm alive, but you don't get access to me. Yeah. And it was more of a punishment for myself than her, it right. felt like at times. Yeah. And um, I recently moved back down to Florida from Michigan, and I drove down twice. Mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> once with a u-haul with all my furniture and then once with my cat and a friend yeah and so driving down the u-haul from michigan to south florida you have a lot of time mm-hmm. to think and it was the day it was her birthday actually the day i was driving down and i was just like you know i knew she was living with my grandma and so i was like if i'm coming back down i don't want to have to avoid going to my grandma's to avoid right to not have to see right, my mom yeah. like, i want to be able to be there for my grandma and so I was like, you know, my sister had said, 
oh, I've been talking with mom. She seems to be doing good. Mm-hmm. You know, haven't, haven't seen her messed up at all. You know, haven't been concerned. And my grandma's like, yeah. look, she's living here. She's living here and I don't see any issues, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's really making an effort. And yeah. um, I called her and I was like, look, like I, I need, a, I have a lot I need to get off my chest and I just need yeah. you to let me talk. And this was the first time in life that she finally heard me. Yeah. Like really hurt, like her as her sober self, she heard me mm-hmm. and was like, holy shit, I can't believe I did those things. I'm so sorry for those things. Mm-hmm. Like I have, you know, and it was to finally have her hear it, process it and be mm-hmm. like, I, I don't remember doing that, but I'm going to own it. And I'm sorry for mm-hmm. it. it was like, holy shit. That's all I've been looking for my whole life. Like she finally was just being honest with herself and with me. And so uh, after like two and a half years of not talking to her, um, I then was like, you know, like we can work on this, but you need to positively be impacting my life. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing that, you can be in my life. But if it starts to be negative again, that's it. This is the last chance. And um, I called you like right after. You sure did. Like, and was telling you, you were like, (laughs) I can literally hear it in your voice. Like, and I was I, like, okay, let me test this on people. Yeah. It, you so like they're calling other people and they're like, you sound like. Yeah. Like better. you sounded like you just had this weight off of you, you know, like, I mean, oh. I answered the phone cause like you had called me. No, this is the first time you, yeah, this is the first time you'd call me, but like I answered the phone and like, I mean, you sounded like you were in freaking Disney world. Like you were so. <laughs> and I was in a U-Haul. Right. Of, like. <laughs> Charleston, South Carolina. Right. But like you were just so, I mean, because obviously this wasn't the first time that like we had talked for or on the phone or whatever. Yeah. Um, but just like, and it's not like when we had talked before that you sounded like depressed and, you know, whatever. But it was mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. It was like this whole different tone. And I was just like, holy shit, what is going on? Like, you know, like, what is this? And then you yeah. told me and like, I could hear you smiling. You know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, was. like people tell me all the yeah. time, like when I'm recording the podcast, they're like, I can hear you smiling there. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Or I texted you, you know? and I was like, I could totally tell when you were crying. Yeah, shut <laughs> up. You like, you do, that's what you do all the time. You're like, did you almost cry when you said this? I'm like, yes, leave me alone. <laughs> that's but, but yeah, like it, it was, it was really cool to, um, to like, you know, just be a part of that experience with you and, you know, like, I think it speaks a lot to the development you've done on yourself um, that, you know, you you made that decision to reach out to her and to call her. You know, you didn't yeah. – it wasn't – an incident didn't have to happen. It wasn't that, you know, like, you ran into her by accident, you were taken by surprise, whatever. Like, because for you, um, you know, I remember when you, you told me you were first thinking about moving back to Florida um, and for you it was a big, like, fresh start you know, like a, you know, okay, well, I'm, I'm moving. That was actually an, another episode we debated on doing instead of this one was, yeah. um, you know, like starting over. Um, and, and it was, you know, mentally and like, you know, physically, it was, you know, a fresh start for you. And what better way to do it than, you know, with a clean slate with your mom, you know, like, yeah, and, I didn't want to come back and have, like I said, to walk on eggshells yeah, or avoid grandma's like storm like- cloud over you. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you know, I want nothing but positive things in my life. And like, that's what I'm trying to stress as much as possible. Just 
positive people in my life, people that make me smile, people I'm happy to be around. Yeah. You know, I don't want that negative energy. And, you know, to just to come here and know that like my biggest issue with being here, it's her. Mm -hmm. And now it's not an issue. And since then, like we've gone out to eat a few times with each other. Like I talk to her probably not every day, but like every other day. Yeah. And like, like I'm back to saying like I love you to her. Like and yeah. to be able to say that to her again, it's like to and hear like mean her, it. <laughs> Yeah, like I call her and she's like my therapist. I bounce stuff yeah. off her and it's like, you know, to have that again is amazing because for so many years of her being very deep into addiction and then me mm -hmm. not talking to her, right. it's like, not that I'm even in a relationship, but it was always like, dang, like I don't bring grandparents to the table for my future mm -hmm. kids. And like, that's something that like makes me upset is that like, yeah my you know their grandpa was an addict and died in jail and their grandma was an addict that chose drugs over her kids and it was like that kind of sucks to me mm -hmm. and it's like it just makes yeah. me it was very upsetting for me so now to be at a point and hopefully my mom continues to stay clean and healthy and like i said mm -hmm. i've seen her a lot more now i talked to her i haven't had any concerns mm -hmm. um and i can see it so easily yeah uh you know so i just I'm hopeful, you know, for the future and that things continue yeah. to stay good. But, you know, it took a lot for me to finally cut her out. It took her getting back to the abuse and me just being like, I don't need this. I don't have to deal with it this. It took a lot like, of development in yourself. Yeah. It, it just took growth within myself, like you mm -hmm. said. So, I mean, and that's my mom. So I gave her more chances than I'd probably right. give most people. Um, but I've had also some friends in the last few years that were very close friends, uh, people that I considered family. But again, just the way they were talking to me and they would let their emotions get the best of them. And it happened time after time after time. And it was like, I can forgive you and I can forgive you again. But at a point, it's very hard to move on and not remember, you know, someone putting you down. Right. Or yeah. You, you can't poorly. like repeatedly putting yourself in that situation. Yeah. Just isn't good. And, and so these were people that I had loved like family and that were close friends. But I realized. I'm bringing way more to this friendship and this relationship mm -hmm. and I'm bringing in way more effort to this yeah. than they are. And when they are, it's all negative. And so I've cut yeah. some of those people out mm -hmm. and like, I definitely miss like aspects of those friendships, right. but you know, it's, I, you know, it's, it's, everybody's going to be different how they approach this. But mm -hmm. if you feel like you've tried enough, you've genuinely tried like your best and you're still not getting the relationship or the feedback, like, cause it's a two, it takes two to tango. Like right, yeah. you can do everything, but if they're not listening and hearing yeah. you and being open to it, like you don't have to waste your time. Right. There's better things to do. There's only 24 hours in a day and we right. sleep a third of that already. <laughs> like right. don't waste your time on people that are wasting your time. Yeah. God, so, how many times have that, you told put me it on that? A shirt. How many times <laughs> have you told me that? <laughs> Straight up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that's a big thing because, but you don't get there without like working on yourself. You know I mean? I don't, I didn't get where I was without, you know, like over the last year and a half, you know, working on myself and becoming more confident and becoming more sure of like who I am and what I wanted to be, what I wanted out of life. And, um, you know, like the, the me who I am now is very different from who I was, you know, like two, three years ago, right? Um, it's funny, my parents uh, came up to help me, to help me move. Uh, well, 
they came up after some friends of mine helped me move to help me like arrange things and okay um and they're we, interior uh, designers now in their retirement huh? basically um yeah. and which my dad is not retired my dad still works full-time that man will never retire <laughs> dang what a trooper yeah, i know he's 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 awesome but um but so when they were up here, we went uh, we went into Nashville for the day um, to just get some stuff, and we went to Chicken Guy, like the Guy Fieri like chicken restaurant. Oh yeah, I was so yeah. jealous. When you I know. Came that <laughs> I was about to I say like, you you messaged me, me and you were like, "Oh my god, how was it?" Because yeah. <laughs> um, that's twice now that I've gone, and you haven't been. You're just like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, but uh, but yeah, so we were there. And, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what brought it up, but my mom was like, I'm so glad we've got our girl back. And I was just like, like, that hurt me, you know? (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? And, like, I mean, obviously, like, it's my mom. She's known me my whole life, right? Like, she brought me, she brought me into the world. And she used to tell me when I was little, I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. I can Uh, take (laughs) you out of it. Yeah, my mom used to play that shit, too. I'm like, that's murder. Like, right, like, you will go to jail, lady. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, but, like. Child murderers don't do well in jail either, mom. Yeah, right. Um, But, but, yeah, so, like, that was a big realization thing for me is, like, okay, like, you know, there, there have been a whole slew of people that like aren't in my life anymore that used to be. And, you know, like I'm, that's not, e- that's not been easy. It's been like super lonely at times. Um, but you know, like, like you said there, you know, when there's people in your life that aren't putting forth the effort that you are, um, you got to move on. Um, and, that's not to say it doesn't hurt because it freaking hurts. Cause then, I mean, you oh, end yeah. up evaluating like, well, what did I do? And, yeah. but like, it's not, it's not about you. You know, again, said this in the last episode. Um, but like when people respond from like a place of judgment or a place of negativity, it's typically, it's about them. It has nothing to do with you. It's a reflection of them. Um, exactly. and, and so kind of, kind of getting to that point and being like, okay, all I can worry about is me. And if I, like, if I take care of me, everything else is going to take care of itself. You know, like, I will have the tools to take care of everything else, right? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I guess that was that was a super long-winded answer to the, you know, toxic family um, situation question. But I think, I mean, I think all that was really important because um, that was, I was going to ask you, you know, like, how things were with your mom now. So, um, I'm glad Yeah, we, it was a good way for me to share that story. Yeah, exactly, for sure. Um, so this next question is, should parents be friends with their kids only after they have reached an age where they understand respect? That's a tricky question because you can learn respect at a five years old. You can learn at like 20 years old. So Mm -hmm. I think that kind of falls on the parents. I mean, I think it's one of those things that you're going to have to like feel out with yeah. each kid. Like I think kid by kid will even be different. Um, you know, in my instance, I was exposed to so much at such a young age mm-hmm. that my maturity level was literally, I could have conversations mm-hmm. with my dad's friends about things going on. And they're like, literally my dad's <laughs> friends are like, how does this kid even, Mike, what are you feeding this kid? How does he know this stuff? And it's just because my, my dad was like, if I'm watching a rated R movie, you could watch a rated R yeah. movie. If I'm watching Mad TV, you're watching <laughs> Mad TV. Like, I would see my dad roll up a blunt. And he would just be like, it's for a friend. And then I'd see him smoking and be like, all right. <laughs> like, whatever. all right, whatever, dad, yeah. 
yeah, like he would tell my mom he didn't get paid this week. And then he would take me out to dinner and take me to the car show and buy me stuff. And it's like, dad, mom thinks you didn't get paid. She's struggling. What are you doing? Yeah. And it's like, I'm parenting him in that moment. Right. And so it was, we were very much so best friends. Mm-hmm. And he was still my father and would still right, you know, yeah. talk to me in, in certain moments and things. But my dad was not a disciplinarian at yeah. all. He never spanked me, never mm-hmm. punished me. It was, he wanted to be friends and let my yeah. mom do all the dirty work. Mm-hmm. So I think my mom would say he was a bad father and he was a bad husband, mm-hmm. although she loved him. But he was definitely more of a friend. And I don't think that that's healthy all the time. But yeah. I think it definitely matters. Like, I couldn't imagine growing up with super strict parents that you just have no relationship with. Like, yeah. for those that watch Big Brother, Derek X was talking about how, mm-hmm. like, he's not your stereotypical um, Asian man where he's just going to go to school and be an accountant or a mm-hmm. doctor. And that's right. all he cares about. And you know, he's like, no, like I have dreams and passions and mm-hmm. I want to pursue things. And his parents just don't see that. Yeah. And you need to be able to, in a, that moment, be more of a friend. I feel like to your kid yeah. and be like, mm-hmm. that's an awesome idea. And I'm going to support you yeah. in it no matter what. Right. Like, even if you think as a parent, like this is risky, mm-hmm. I'd prefer him to go to school. Right. I don't think this is good for mm-hmm. his money. You know what I'm saying? You could hate the business idea. Right. Right. But you need to support them in that mm-hmm. moment like you are a best friend. Right. Yeah. And for so sure. I think you've got to find a good balance. And mm-hmm. I'm not a parent. I hope right. one day that I am. Yeah. I hope I'm good at it. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that I'll take the good things that I like that my parents did and definitely not use all the mm-hmm. bad things. Um, but it's, it's something you've got to figure out on your own. And I think with each kid, it'll be different just because each person is so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think just find a good balance. But like I told people, I wish at times like my mom was more strict in high school Mm -hmm. than she was. Yeah. Like, don't, don't let me, um, drop all these AP courses. Right. And Mm -hmm. take regular courses so I can not try and still get an A. Right. Like Mm -hmm. challenge me. And she was like, you don't want to take them? Okay, I'll sign this paper. You don't have to take them. Right. Yeah. And, you know, then I got to college and I didn't feel prepared. So it was Mm -hmm. like, kind of wish mom would have been more of a mom in that moment. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, like I'm, I'm super close with my parents. Um, I'm a mom's only child. Um, I've got two older half brothers. One is 53, 54, something like that. Maybe 55. Um, and the other one's like 50 or 51. Um, but anyway, they're in their early fifties. Um, so, and I just turned 30. So we're like a lot apart, like far apart. They lived, um, they lived a lot of life before you were right. Exactly. Born. They lived like a yeah. whole life before me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so I'm super close with my mom because like I said, like I'm her only child and my parents tried for, I think it, um, I think it was six years to get pregnant with me and my mom had a whole bunch of issues and stuff. So, um, we've always been really close. Um, but, I I wouldn't say my parents were like super strict growing up, but, Um, I definitely had rules and there were, you know, parameters around what I did and I hated it at the time. You know, I tried to be really rebellious and, you know, go against it and whatever. And like now looking back, like I think, um, for the most part, I mean like, you know, no parent's perfect, no child is perfect. Right. But I think for the most part, I can understand, you know, like where they were coming from and, um, you know, that they were just doing what they thought was the best for me. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And, but I had to get to, to an age where I realized like that I could have that friendship with my, with my parents that I could, um, you know, we could like cut up together and like, but still, you know, have that respect. And honestly, I don't think I really reached that point until, um, you know, until I got divorced, um, which it's like both, both of my parents are divorced. And so, um, but I was, I was really scared to call them and tell them what was going on. Um, and, but I hadn't talked to my mom. This might make me cry. I hadn't talked to my mom. Everybody's listening to this and like, Oh, big surprise. Um, (laughs) um, but I hadn't talked to my mom like on the phone in at least a month. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, I mean, we used to talk like on my way home from work every day or on my way to work and whatever. Um, but my mom knows me very well and she would have known something was wrong. Um, and you were avoiding that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I'd find, I'd just really gotten to the point where I was so unhappy and I was just, I was so depressed and, you know, like people that, that, you know, I wasn't around that I didn't know, like that I didn't like physically, you know, have to see, didn't see that, which a lot of you called it out and that's fine, whatever. (laughs) Um, but, but you know, with, the people where, you know, it was like in my like in-person life where I would have to immediately deal with it. I didn't want to show it to them, you know, um, because I was still processing it. And, and so when I finally called my mom and I was just like, you know, I told her what was going on, like her immediate response was just like, what do you need? Like, she was like, do you need to come home this weekend? Do you need me to come up there? I'll get in the car right now. I'll start driving. Like, what do you need? And just, through talking to her through all of this and, um, you know, just cause a lot of it, I was like, you know, am I crazy? Like, am I making things up in my head? She like, I, not to get, you know, like too heavy into details or anything, but yeah. everything that like I was telling her, she was like, I know she had seen it the whole time, but yeah. we didn't have that relationship where I respected her to mm-hmm. receive that opinion and like see it as like you know, anything like but her being it. like oh you know you're just being my mom you're being too protective like yeah and and so now we have this relationship or I guess you know we're continuing this relationship building this relationship however you want to word it um where I do respect her opinion and you know like if she hasn't talked to me in a couple of days she's like are you okay um mm-hmm. and you know like now it's like, yes, I've just been really busy, you know, whatever. I need to like make the time to call you. Um, or sometimes it's like, no, I'm not, but I don't want to talk about it, you know? Um, so I think, you know, it's funny that that lesson of like how to be friends with a parent or how not to be for both of us has come through like, you know, difficult times, difficult experiences, right? Um, yeah. But but again, I think the the theme here is like, you grow through what you go through, you know, like that, like stupid Pinterest quote, right? (laughs) But it's the truth, you know? And, um, so me me and my mom, like our relationship wouldn't be now what it was, um, you know, what it is without, you know, without everything. And, um, going through all this. yeah. Yeah. And a couple of my friends helped me, um, helped me move into my new apartment and my parents were here and, Um, one of them told me the other day that my mom was talking to him and she said like, this is the real Kelsey. 
like y'all are getting the real Kelsey. Like, and she said she had seen me for years. Just like I was this like painted on version of me. It was like, I was me, but I was like a little more like paler, you know, like she said it was like pastel colors versus neon, you know? And like, um, the neon's back, right? I mean, you know, you, I mean, you say this to me all the time. Like, I'm like so extra and I do everything over the top. And, but that's just who I am. And, and I'm cool with that now. You know what I mean? Um, so, so, you know, in getting to know myself again, I've gotten to know my mom again and I've gotten to know my dad again. And, um, you know, they're like, we don't agree on everything, but we're not, we don't have to. Um, yeah. you know, they're my parents and I love them and I respect them, but like, they're like my people too, you know? So it's cool to be, it's cool to be in that spot. So, so Anthony, I hope that that answered your question. Um, and you know, again, me and Graham, we're both very long winded. So, you know, y'all aren't going to yeah. get a one worded answer, but, yeah, um, for sure. that's why, that's why this is a podcast. It's a long form thing. So there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, so I guess to kind of wrap things up, um, I have two questions for you. Um, so one, what is a piece of advice, um, that you would give to other people who have lost their parents? Um, you know, whether that, you know, happened when they were a child or it's recent, um, regardless of, you know, when it happens, I don't think that's something that you just kind of like, it just happens and you move on from, you know, it's going to change you forever. So what is some advice that you, um, can give to other people who have lost their parents or just people in general who might be grieving, um, the loss of someone. Yeah. Um, unfortunately in college, I had some close friends to me that lost their fathers, um, Mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. And, um, for me, it's, it's always a feeling of like, I just wish I could take their pain and like hold it myself Mm -hmm. because I remember what I felt and like, you know, okay, you don't want, you don't wish that on anybody. Right. And, you know, I, I tried to be there for people and Mm -hmm. just let them know that like, you can talk to me about anything and I, I can say nothing back if you want me to. I can yeah. just let you go for hours mm-hmm. or I can give you, you know, stuff back. But when I've always reached out to these people, I just let them know like, hey, don't dwell on the fact that they're gone and that they're not going to be back. Mm-hmm. Just allow yourself to look back on everything you did do and all the memories you do have. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's going to make you cry, like do that because it's going to be like process it. It's tears, but you're processing it. And, you know, like for me at first, it was I would just try to act like nothing happened. And then it was I would look at pictures and I would remember, oh, we did this or we went here (laughs) and we did that. And it's like it helps you remember the good times. And and for me, religion helped me get through that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if my dad didn't pass then I wouldn't be who I am today. And Mm -hmm. so I just. I always tell people that like it, this might feel like this is the worst thing that could ever happen to you right now, but it's going to get better. Like it will get better and it does get easier as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Like, but don't be afraid to cry. Like, don't, (laughs) don't be afraid to cry. It's, it's a human reaction and you lost someone that you love dearly. Like, Mm -hmm. even if you had a term, you know, a a term, whatever the word is, term, term, turbulent, turbulent a relationship <laughs> a turbulent relationship like there was still positives and there was still yeah. good moments and there's still good memories to have like be had and I don't sit and think about all the bad things that my dad did mm-hmm. you know I don't sit and talk with my sister and we're like man could you imagine if dad wasn't doing all those drugs you know it's just like right. man do you remember when 
dad spent all his last money to get us the stuff we wanted for Christmas. Like, you know, like, do you remember when, like, I still have a teddy bear that my dad gave me when he was living at a halfway house when I was six. And he told me, he said, I had three single dollars left after getting quarters for laundry. And I put them all in the claw machine and I won this on my last dollar. <laughs> oh, and man. I still have that bear in my room to this day. I love that. And I wrote a paper about that bear. Also. I love that, man. That's <laughs> and awesome. And it's just, you know, it's, yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> um, so along that same vein, um, you know, I think people who haven't experienced loss, um, have a hard time you know like when they when somebody they care about like either has lost someone or does lose someone with like knowing what to say knowing what to do so what is some advice you can give people on like how to support their friends who have experienced loss um and you know like maybe like don't say this like you know like how to just how to support them and like you know maybe things to steer clear of don't say i know how you feel Mm, yeah especially if you don't know how that person feels like yeah when someone is just like i remember when people were at my dad's funeral and it was just like so much of what they were saying like it just felt mm-hmm. hollow and it yeah. felt scripted it yeah. just felt like oh like you've got six things you could say to him here choose you know yeah it, and it was just like you know but then there was a couple people that came up and they're just like you know, we love you. We love your dad. And, you know, we're always here for you. Mm -hmm. Literally, we are here for whatever. And, you know, we loved your dad, like family and whatever, things like that. We're going to be here for you. And then actually do that. Like be there for people. Like follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would say be pushy, but not too pushy, like kind of feel it out. So Mm -hmm. if someone is going through something and like, for instance, my cat was like the most important thing in the world to Mm -hmm. me, died randomly out of nowhere. Two days later, my sister was like, you need to go to the Humane Society right now and look at cats. And I was like, <laughs> there's literally no chance. Like, I, I'm not ready for that. Like, right. I, I'm not going to do it. And she's like, you're going. Just look. You don't even have to get one. Just look yeah, at them. Yeah, just go look. I walked away with a cat, and <laughs> I couldn't imagine my life without that fucking cat. Yeah. Like, like literally, that cat, I'm like, this is one of the best things that ever happened to me, <laughs> that cat in my life. Like, he's awesome. <laughs> Everybody loves him. And I didn't (laughs) want to go though. I was like, no, 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 no. And it was my sister who Mm -hmm. saw how sad I was in that moment. That was like, get in the fucking car. Even if you don't get one, we're distracting (laughs) you right now. We're going to do something. We're going to go get one. Just be there for people. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, let's just go get fucking lunch. Like just go to the movies. Like Mm -hmm. let's, let's play some games. Like don't let people be alone for too long in a a moment like that, because it's it can get dark very quick Mm -hmm. and you know you start to play the what ifs and the why this and why me and Mm -hmm. just just be there but be genuine let it be known that like don't say the cliche lines like you know what they are people don't Mm -hmm. say them right and make sure you are you're still present and letting them know that you're there for them Mm -hmm. but don't overstep like don't do it every day multiple times like just check in here and there be like thinking about you or like people don't reply to text all the time fucking call someone pull up on them with a facetime right (laughs) you know what i'm saying like put them in that pressure situation where they have to answer yeah and then just talk about something that's going to distract them from the situation right yeah don't be like hey how are you feeling i know you know can't imagine what it's like to not have a dad they don't want to talk about that (laughs) right yeah no about that all day you know be like 
dude, did you see the, that highlight that happened in the Patriots Dolphins game? You know, be like, yeah. how's fantasy football going? Be like, dude, yeah. this series, you've got to check it out. Like, mm-hmm. make things normal again for them. Yeah. You know, make it doesn't just because something so major happened in their life, it doesn't it doesn't become their life. That's not their life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't define them. It shouldn't be the way you look at them. Like, oh, yeah. you know, their dad just, you know, they're real set. Like, make people, mm-hmm. try to make them feel normal without overstepping boundaries, yeah. if that helps. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, I was talking with my friend Liz the other night. Um, and one thing that she said was, um, never say, oh, it's going to be fine. It'll be okay. You know, if like what yeah. if it's a situation, you know, if it's like a situation of loss or if there's maybe like a, a triggering situation that has come up, right? Like a triggering event. Well, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You don't know it'll be fine. Unless yeah, it's like don't. something where like, yes, you know the end result. You know it will be fine. Sure. But like if it's just like you're just like, oh, I'm going to calm them down. Oh, it's going to be fine. Well, no, like you don't know that, you know. Um, so like you said, just don't overstep, don't overspeak, don't take from these like six buzzwords. And, you know, for me, if I don't know what to say, if I don't know what to do, I'm going to ask somebody like, okay, what can I do to support you? How can I help? What do you need? Um, You know, and sometimes it's nothing. And it's like, okay, well, I'm here, however, whenever, whatever, like, just I'm here. And then I'm going to, you know, periodically like check in on you, you know, and like, make sure you're good. But, um, you know, like everybody responds differently as well. Like some people do need to process things like by themselves and, you know, definitely, you know, still check in on them and whatever. But then some people, they, they benefit from being around other people. So like, you know, the better you, you know, you get, the longer you get to know your friends and the more you get to know them, you're going to learn, you know, like how they respond to situations. Um, because unfortunately, like we, we lose people, um, I wish it didn't happen, but life. it does. Yeah. It's just part of life. And so, you know, the longer you do life with people, the, you know, the more tragedy that y'all are going to experience together and, um, you know, grow through together. So, um, but yeah, so the last thing to end on, end on like a positive note um, is, so, you know, we've talked about, you know, what you've been through and what you've experienced and everything, but we've also talked about like the person you are today, right? And, um, you know, that you're, this like outgoing, funny, like positive person who also really loves to talk a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> so what, what is your source of that like joy and that positivity? Like, you know, where do you draw that from? Um, and don't, I don't want people to think that I'm like some yes man or like, <laughs> I'm just like smiles all the time. No, no. I'm, I'm not everybody's favorite. I'm pretty polarizing. You kind of love me or you don't. That's why you were on the um, unpopular opinions episode. <laughs> yeah. And it's, but it comes, it's because I care so much. Like mm-hmm. I'm the type of person where like, like you said, I tell you what you need to hear, not yeah. what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And maybe my delivery in that isn't always the best, but mm-hmm. you know that it's coming from a good place at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And like, I can, I can take a step back and be like, you know what? I apologize. I might not have delivered that the best, <laughs> but like, just know where I'm coming from, Yeah, you know, things like that. And it's just, I, you know, when my dad died unexpectedly, it was like, it just, it hit me that like, tomorrow's not promised. Like, mm-hmm. under no circumstances did I ever think at any day that my dad wouldn't be there the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you take it for granted. You just think that right. for us, we, there's no guarantee that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Right. Yeah. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. I sure hope I do. Right. Me too. <laughs> but, you know, but like, th- that's not guaranteed. And right. so, 
you know, that's why it, like there's some things I don't want to do. And like, I'm not just like, oh, I'll do whatever, you know, live mm-hmm. by the seat of your pants or whatever the hell that saying is. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like just go with the flow of things. Mm-hmm. Like don't take things too serious. Mm-hmm. If you're stressed at a job, fucking leave that job. <laughs> go get another one. That makes you happy. <laughs> Yeah. Like, even if it pays a little less, as long as you can pay your bills, like get rid of negativity as much as yeah. you can. Mm-hmm. The more negative things are in your life, the harder it is to see the good in other things and to be positive yeah. about situations. Mm-hmm. So like, and I also had a scare uh, a year after I graduated, I was having like some memory loss issues and some blackouts mm-hmm. and some stuff. Um, and I went and they just did a bunch of tests and they were like, oh, like there's something on your brain. We got to do a little bit more looking into that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they were like, oh, it's a cyst. Like the chance of it ever becoming bad is it's pretty small. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it could turn to something bad one day, but like mm-hmm. we think it's good for now. Yeah. But it was just like, I, I like I was 22 at the yeah. time and it was like, holy crap, for a small moment, my family and I were really concerned that I might have a tumor on my brain. Right, yeah. And, and it's just like, it really made me, and I was working a job at the time that I was miserable at. Mm-hmm. I was making like 60K out of college, which is amazing, but I was like, I genuinely, every day, I'm like, you can go, you can get through right. this. Like, just go. If you get there, you'll stay there. Like, just go. Yeah. And it was just unhealthy. And once I realized right. that like, Yes, I have this cyst on my brain. It's probably, hopefully, never going to be anything of worry, mm-hmm. but it could. It and could be, I'm yeah. going to live my days like tomorrow could be the last one. Mm-hmm. And so I, I try not to take things too serious. Even yeah. a huge argument, give me like two hours and I'm over. <laughs> like, you know, like if some, yeah. like I used to, my day used to be ruined when the Miami Hurricanes would lose a game, which unfortunately <laughs> in the last 10 years has been a lot more than it should be. And it would legitimately just ruin my day and I'd be pissy and I'd be short yeah. with people. And now it's like, there's teenage kids in young twenties and I'm yeah. sure they wanted to win and they're more upset about it than me. You know, yeah. there's next week and I'll cheer for them again, yeah. but I've got bigger fish to fry in life, yeah. you know? So I just, I try not to take things too serious Yeah. and just, I mean, you got to remember tomorrow's not promised. So don't, don't, like I, I left high school with a lot of regret. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have yeah. done, went to that. I didn't go to prom. I didn't go on any trips. I didn't even buy a yearbook. I didn't do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to college, I made a point, like, I don't want to leave with regret. So I, I joined right. clubs. I got involved. I did things. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when you're laying on your deathbed one day and you're sick and you're, you know, your days are numbered. Do you want to be thinking of all the things you could have done? and you wish you would have done yeah or you just want to be able to be like look at what's around me like look at like look at these people look what I've done like I lived a great life like I'm you know I'm happy and so for me it's like like I said if you're negative you're you're out out the door (laughs) you don't get to stay or you don't get to stay at this party you know so just live every day like it's your last I mean seriously it's I know it's kind of a cliche thing but YOLO (laughs) like (laughs) Shout out like, to Drake. <laughs> yeah, shout out Drake dropping that album tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, if that if that helps people, I just yeah. tomorrow's not promised, so just don't get hung up on the little things. Yeah. So. Well, that. on that note, man, that's a great note to wrap up on. Um, thank you so much for 
for for coming on here um and for just you know like opening up and like sharing all your stuff like I know this isn't like easy stuff to just like openly talk about so I really appreciate it um and I hope that I hope that somebody else gets something out of it too yeah hopefully even if it's only one person you know said <laughs> just just take just there's always something positive to be taken out of even a negative situation so yep, hopefully this absolutely. you know this can help people and it helps me every time I get to talk about it good it's not something I do too frequently so you know when I do get to talk about it it, it kind of brings up things and it's like okay yeah I went through that and <laughs> it made me who I am and I'm better for yeah. it today and it's just a part of the chapter of life yeah. you know just earlier chapter we're moving on from it yeah all right guys that is all that i've got for this week thank you so much for tuning in as always i hope you really enjoyed this episode um i really enjoyed putting it together um so i've got some cool stuff coming up for you guys next week and over the next couple weeks so i'm excited to share it with y'all um and as always if you wouldn't mind to share my stuff on social media and Um, rate and review the podcast subscribe to the podcast tell your friends and family about it it really means a lot to me it's super helpful Um, and on that note I'll see you guys next week